The Bible Study Podcast, episode 736. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Hosea with chapter 8. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with chapter 8 of Hosea, Israel to Reap the Whirlwind. This is a phrase that might sound familiar from this particular chapter because it has been often quoted, and there are several novels, in fact, that are named Reap the Whirlwind in various different places, but here is where the original comes from, Hosea 8. Put the trumpet to your lips, an eagle is over the house of the Lord, because the people have broken my covenant and rebelled against my law. Israel cries out to me, Our God, we acknowledge you, but Israel has rejected what is good. An enemy will pursue him. They set up kings without my consent. They choose princes without my approval. With their silver and gold, they make idols for themselves to their own destruction. Samaria throw out your calf idol. My anger burns against them. How long will they be incapable of purity? They are from Israel. This calf, a metal worker, has made it. It is not God. It will be broken in pieces, that calf of Samaria. They sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. The stalk has no head, it will produce no flower. Were it to yield grain, foreigners would swallow it up. Israel is swallowed up. Now she is among the nations, like someone no one wants. For they have gone up to Assyria, like a wild donkey wandering alone. Ephraim has sold herself to lovers, although they have sold themselves among the nations. I will now gather them together. They will begin to waste away under the oppression of the mighty king. Though Ephraim built many altars for sin offerings, these have become altars for sinning. I wrote for them the many things of my law, but they regarded them as something foreign. Though they offer sacrifices as gifts to me, and though they eat the meat, the Lord is not pleased with them. He will remember their wickedness and punish their sins. They will return to Egypt. Israel has forgotten their maker and built palaces. Judah has fortified many towns, but I will send fire on their cities and that will consume their fortresses. So this phrase here to sow the wind and reap the whirlwind, which is the thing that we remember most from this section and the most quoted piece, the commentaries that I read said that to sow the wind was to sow falsehoods. Not sure if that's true, but that's that's an interesting conjecture at least. But certainly to reap the whirlwind. The, the idea being that if you sow apple seeds, you get apples. If you sow grape seeds, you get grapes. As you sow, so shall you reap. And the idea here is that they're sowing falsehoods and it's coming back at them. And it's blowing up and it's even getting bigger. And it's turning into destruction. And this is the, the quote that I was reading that is probably one of the most well-known quotes where somebody was quoting from Hosea 8 was the person who was in charge of the Royal Air Force in World War II. This is Sir Arthur Harris. And in World War II, he said the Nazis entered this war under the rather childish delusion that they were going to bomb everyone else and no one was going to bomb them at Rotterdam, London, Warsaw, and half a hundred other places. They put this rather naive theory into operation. They sowed the wind and now they are going to reap the whirlwind. And the quote that he's here is the same kind of thought that we have here in terms of Israel is, why when you behaved that way, did you expect a different result? Why did you expect that God was going to not 
do anything about your sin. After you're disobeying him, after you're going back to the sin of the people of Israel in the Sinai. Remember when Moses is up getting the Ten Commandments, but he's gone a long time, and so they take their silver and gold and make it into a golden calf. They're doing it all over again. With the silver and gold, they make idols for themselves to their own destruction. Samaria throughout your calf idol. My anger burns against them. So they're really doing it all over again. The same sin that got them punished in the wilderness. They've rebelled. They've rejected. They've set up kings without my consent. Now, it's interesting. If you go back to the place where you get the northern and the southern kingdoms, the northern kingdom gets created in response to the arrogance of the son of Solomon and what he did. And God prophesied that they would get a kingdom. But but since that point, at least, God is saying, you're not doing what I want. So those kings, as we said, set up then the worship of other gods. And so they became not his kings. And so he's saying that calf that you have, that calf that you're worshiping, a metal worker made it. It is not God. It's similar to some verses from Isaiah. You take a piece of wood and you carve half of it into God and you use the rest to cook your breakfast. It's it's not God. It's a, it's a thing. It was made by somebody. It was carved out of wood. It was made out of silver and gold. It didn't do anything to help you. It can't do anything to save you. It will be broken in pieces. And so they've got this reaping coming, this reaping of the whirlwind. And this says, the stalk has no head, it will produce no flower. So they're, you know, the, this whirlwind is going to go through their grain, and it's going to take off the heads of the grain, which is the useful part, the part you eat, and say so you're going to be swallowed up. Where to yield grain, foreigners would swallow it up. You're going to be swallowed up by other nations. And you've gone up to Assyria like a wild donkey wandering alone. And so that's an interesting evocative image here. And so you would have in this region, you would have domesticated donkeys, obviously, and they would go where you told them to go. You would go where you would lead them. And yet these are wild donkeys as they're being compared to. You're going in with no particular aim, and you're just wandering off by yourself. You've sold yourself to lovers. That's that theme we keep seeing here in Hosea. Although they have sold themselves among the nations, I will now gather them together. Now, usually when you get to that point, I will now gather them together, we're, we get to a period of the verses that usually bring hope, but this is not where this one goes. They will begin to waste away under the oppression of the mighty king. You built many offers for sin offerings. These have become altars for sinning. It's an interesting play on words there. And so the altars were built as part of the different offerings that needed to happen. And one part of those offerings would be sin offerings. But he's saying that you have taken those altars that were built for a good purpose, for a correct purpose, and you've turned them into altars that are now used for idolatry. I wrote for them the many things of my law, but they regarded them as something foreign. So you had the law, you had the prophets, you knew what was right, and you regarded it as as if it applied to somebody else, as if you didn't understand it, as if it wasn't for you. I think of that time period in later on in Judah where they lose the book of the law for a generation and they forget about it. And how amazing to me it is that you can forget about the law after you have been following it, uh, maybe imperfectly for hundreds of years, 
and to take the law that you've been given, you've tried to follow, at least off and on, through the judges, through King Saul, through King David, through Solomon, and then you split off in different parts, and you treat it as something foreign. Now, do we ever do that, I wonder? Do we ever take the sayings of Jesus, for instance, the love your neighbor, which is definitely the core of the gospel, and treat it as something foreign, treat it as something that we don't recognize, we don't understand? I think of that quote from Mark Twain, it's not the sayings in the Bible I don't understand that bother me, it's the ones I do. And I wonder if sometimes we treat the things that we don't understand with a little contempt. If we are not following them, if we are not loving neighbor, or maybe we're only loving neighbor if they have the same look as us or the same political party as us or the same whatever, then we're not following those laws and we're treating it as something foreign. We're not following that commandment. We're not following that that key to that new covenant that Jesus made with us. Though they offer sacrifices as gifts to me, and though they eat the meat, the Lord is not pleased with them. So they're going through the motions, but it doesn't matter because their hearts are not with God. Now he will remember their wickedness and punish their sins. They will return to Egypt. And when they return to Egypt, we're talking about returning to bondage, returning to when you were slaves in Egypt. I don't think it's literally meaning you're going to get up and you're going to walk to Egypt. But he's saying that remember how you're worshiping those golden calves like you did when you came out of Egypt. I'm going to send you back into bondage again. Israel has forgotten their maker and built palaces. Judah has fortified many towns, but I will send fire on their cities that will consume their fortresses. This is not good news. And there's going to be, as I said, a lot of bad news as we go through Hosea, as we go through the minor prophets. I am interested to see how long I can keep up the study of the minor prophets before I need to take a break and jump back into the New Testament for some other book. But this is what we're going to get because Israel is not listening. And I think it would behoove us to listen when God is trying to talk to us. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth, unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.